It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills, the mic, all the way up until 7 o'clock today on this 27th day of July. 6.08 on the clock. And this is the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. Got a good show for you today. We got the Bengals talk is uh, Mike Brown. Very positive review. Very positive outlook on the Cincinnati Bengals this season. Very positive things he has said about his two quarterbacks. One being his head coach in Zach Taylor. And, of course, uh, their first overall draft pick uh, last year in Joe Burrow. We got some more talk about the SEC and what it could mean for Oklahoma, the University of Oklahoma and Texas. And as well, we'll recap what happened to the Reds last night. A, uh, a devastating loss for the Reds against the Chicago Cubs. They got another look at it. They got another opportunity tonight at 8.05 with the pregame starting right here on 70 WATH at 7.35. Uh, so be sure to stay tuned for that. But joining us on the phone line, talking some college athletics, is Athens statistician Trevor Stevens. Trevor, how are you? I'm doing well. Well, Trevor, it's big news. I know you were messaging me a little bit yesterday when we were talking about the whole conference realignment and what this whole shakeup could mean. Uh, you sent me an article earlier today which kind of said both things, right? I mean, the, the grant of rights agreement between Oklahoma and Texas lasts until 2025, but then in the ESPN article it says that this move could happen as early as potentially in 2022. But, I mean, this is really going to shake up the whole landscape of college athletics if the SEC is able to go into a super conference, which many are predicting they are looking to do. Yes, I think that the article, what they did today, stated on the press release that said July 1st, 2025. I have a feeling since that's all done, uh, Texas and Oklahoma are going to figure out a way to join the league senior. I heard July 1st, it has to be July 1st, whichever year that they are going to do so, due to the fact that's the start of the new academic year and everything begins on July 1st in college, in college athletics. I'm hearing either July 1st, 2022, or July 1st, 2023 as, as possible dates if they get out of their contract. But they just basically, yesterday they told the Big 12 that they weren't going to renew their memberships that expired June 30th. 2025, and today they announced to the SEC that they were interested in an invitational if one's going to get offered, which then they want full membership beginning July 1st, 2025. That's what they requested. Yeah, that's what it says uh, you know, in that article. And I'll read the, the letter from uh, both presidents, from Jay Hartzell, from the president of the University of Texas at Austin, and Joseph Hartz, Jr., president of the University of Oklahoma. And in this, they say the University of Texas at Austin and the University of Oklahoma request invitations for membership to the Southeastern Conference starting on July 1st, 2025. We believe there will be mutual benefit to the universities on the one hand and the SEC on the other hand for the universities to become members of the SEC. Uh, what really that says is, you know, there's probably going to be a financial benefit should you allow these two teams into the SEC, and uh, both the universities will, will receive, uh, you know, be better in a position financially, and, and the SEC would uh, benefit from that as well. Uh, the other thing and, and that kind of stood out to me on that ESPN article there, uh, Trevor, was that the SEC plans potentially, it might not happen soon, but it could happen, you know, in 10 years or something, uh, but it, it's up to the SEC to determine if they want to be a quote-unquote super conference and, uh, you know, get 30 or 60 teams. I thought that was kind of startling uh, from the article out of ESPN today. If it were, if that ended up being a 60-team, basically the whole power of five would be in one. Basically, you would lose a conference, but they would be in big one. Basically, they would create their own NCAA and just, and then would basically have create new conferences 
from that. So basically, a 60-team SEC is basically just saying that they would get, would they would create their own NCAA organization. And if you remember what you know, the NCAA president Mark Emmert said not too long ago is that it's almost time, and they might explore the possibility of a decentralized NCAA, a, a deregulated one too. Um, you know, this could be the start of the decline of the, the governing body in the NCAA. I have a feeling, like you said, like his statement, that's what's going to happen. But I have a feeling that the NCAA is going to try to restart itself, keeping its name, but, like, try to build a secondary thing and then all jump over it later on. But I have a feeling it's going to be much smaller and then some people will lose their jobs, but the NCAA is going to still be the NCAA. They'll oversee the championships that they do, but not have a major focus and give more powers to the conferences, but still like oversee the national stuff. So I wonder if the NCAA is going to jump in and try to regulate you know, now these conference things, because if the SEC merges into a powerhouse conference, uh, like it could be reported as, uh, you know, the SEC could be a, a competitor almost to the NCAA and, and kind of challenge them for the power for, uh, you know, championships. Yep. So what I think, this is what I think will happen probably in 10 years or so. We would, Big 12 is going to dissolve. The group of five is going to create their own playoff system, which includes the MAC. The bowl system, which has been active, I looked this up since 1902, was when the, it was an it was considered what we call today an R star game, but it was it was it, they considered it the first bowl game being played. The bowl games, the bowl system would disappear. The there would be four 16 team conferences playing in their own in their own turn playoff, the one that we see on ESPN. And then either the group of five is going to combine with what we see, like the North Dakota State State that bracket, just go into that, and that is their tournament in the MAC again on MAC qualifier, or they're going to create their own fourteen or eighteen playoff that would go away, that would go head to head with the big one. So you can almost see a quote unquote small college playoff and a big college playoff, right? Between the bigger schools, the Power Five, and the Group of Five. You think that they're just going to be split off in half uh, should, you know, more teams, you know, kind of combine and, and have this uh, super conference. Uh, but but you see the Group of Five kind of separating away from what the Power Five is doing and uh, potentially doing stuff on their own. Is that what you, you think that this is uh, kind of the beginning of? Yes, this there was a talk that bubbled up, I think, a couple summers ago about that possibility, and then, but with this move and if that and with if the Big Twelve is done and all these other teams go to sixteen league team leagues, I see the possibility of either the MAC, the MAC won't fold. They will either drop down the division, which will hit Ohio, or or create their own playoffs where they bring up some of these other conferences who are like Division One schools, but they play at the FCS level. Those schools will get a bump up, and they'll just be the major thing and a secondary thing, but the secondary bracket, the FCS, would no longer be, but that would be the lower teams. And then you would stop seeing schedules like Ohio playing like Penn State, Ohio playing Nebraska, those games won't happen, but you will see like Ohio versus UMass against smaller schools. Now, would it go to, you know, let, let's say, let's compare this to baseball, right? Let's compare this to, um, you know, the American League and the National League, right? In the, in the National League, let's say that's the Power Five, and the Power Five is doing whatever they're doing in, in the National League, and they have their own championship, and the American League goes all, all their way and have their own championship. And then do you see the, the two kind of champions combine to form a quote-unquote Super Bowl or a, uh, a World Series between the two? Or, I mean, is there not going to be any... Again, again, I mean, this is 
I don't want to say uncharted territory because you've seen professional sports uh, kind of branch off onto their own, and then they come together like the MLB, like the, the NFL. Um, you know, it, it's something that is going to change the face of college athletics uh, should, you know, again, these super conferences come into fruition and, you know, kind of challenge the way that things are done. I think that it won't be like that at the beginning. There's going to be talk, like right now, so how the group of five went into the playoff, or like UCF or Coastal Carolina or Boise State should have a shot at a national championship at the beginning. There's still going to be that talk when if this happens. Uh-huh. But then down the road, I think it might be a posse that pops up like after like eight to ten years after we get used to getting things situated and settled. That might happen or it might not happen at all. But I want to see it, but not at, it won't happen at the beginning if this ever happens. Right, and of course I'm biased, right? I mean, I, I'm a graduate from Ohio University. I don't want to see group of five schools be left out. Uh, of these quote-unquote super conferences, I would hope that you know if you're a Division One school that has uh, Division One football, men's basketball, and women's basketball, I'd hope that they'd all have a, the chance to compete for the national title, uh, regardless of the size of the school. I mean, if you are a Division One college, if you're a Division One university, I, I'd hope that you'd have a shot at getting to that uh, national championship. And should things be you know going the way that and potentially it could go, I mean, it the Oklahoma and Texas at Austin are not officially in the SEC yet. I mean, they have not been extended that invitation. Uh, they have not, you know, been granted the the uh, into the SEC. Uh, but it looks like things are going to go that way. And when or if that happens, you know, the Big 12 will probably be poached for colleges. Uh, you'll see Kansas probably going to uh, the Big 10 as well as Iowa State. I mean, those are the two that are probably going to go that way should they go that way. And that's all because, you know, the Big 12 has, you know, 75% of the revenue is coming from schools, the top two schools that are leaving in Texas and Oklahoma, 75%. So if they leave, the Big 12 is in real financial trouble. And we don't know what, what what's really going to unfold after that. I mean, does the rest of the Big 12 try to find a different Power 5 conference? Does... Uh, you know, the AAC make an emergence and join the, you know, quote-unquote Power Five. Are they going to be, you know, the the, uh, the conference that replaces the Big 12? I mean, there are a bunch of possibilities that can happen, uh, but it is a little bit of a slippery slope because now with the way that things are shaken out to be, uh, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty past this season on how college athletics is going to look. But again, we'll have to see, you know, when that stuff happens, uh, how, you know, the NCAA, how the different conferences, how everything's really going to shape up. Uh, but Trevor, something that we do know, and this is a positive that uh, is coming up pretty soon, but on Thursday, Jason Preston will go through the draft process, and I got to imagine that Preston will be one of those names called uh, Thursday night. Yes, so there are 60 picks Thursday night. In NBA only does two rounds. There's 30 teams. Everyone has a pick or two. And, but what I have heard is his draft stock is rising by the day. I have also, I haven't checked the, like, the draft, the mock draft in a while. But what I have saw on Twitter and read is that the Lakers are interested, but they only have one pick. So it's going to be. If he doesn't go to the Lakers, then he might be on the board later. The Lakers have one pick, and it's in the first round. So that's why his stock is rising to a possibly a first round day. From when he finished the combine, it was mid forty. It was low thirties to the forties, and but that keeps going up. Once he gets the first round. It's 1 through 30 in the same Lakers, uh, like in the 26th, 27th spot. Right, and the mock draft that I've got up right now by CBS Sports, CBS Sports does not have Jason Preston going into the first round. 
Uh, but it, it almost seems like every single day, like you've been talking about, that Preston's draft stock has been going higher and higher and higher. Right now, the Lakers do have the uh, 22nd pick in the NBA draft on Thursday. And, uh, you know, it is projected, maybe, that Jared Butler will get selected, and he's out of Baylor. Uh, so maybe, you know, the Lakers go with Butler. The Lakers could possibly go with, with Preston. That all depends on, you know, how much they like what Jason Preston does. I mean, obviously, he's impressed so much here locally. We know we can do what he can do on a basketball court. We know what impact he can make on a on a team, and uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what what team gives Jason Preston that shot because I think they're going to benefit from it uh, tenfold, depending on you know, where he goes, and hopefully it's going to be a good situation regardless of wherever he goes. But I know he put out a tweet earlier today. You know, saying that you know he's enjoying this process. He's flying all over the nation. He's working out for different professional teams, and uh, you know, it it almost seems like he's uh, it, it's a guarantee that he, he probably gets drafted. It's a guarantee at this point, based on all the other guys who have like returned to school before that deadline, or have. And if he doesn't get drafted, he's definitely going to get a free agent CBO out of it, most likely. But his, the way his stock's rising, and it's not, and his story is unique. It's, so his story's unique, but even since that loss to Creighton, his name's been listed in multiple pe- papers and websites and, like, radio talk shows like this on. Basically, so his name's out there and everyone knows it, and it's not like he's died off, but it's just a matter of when he's going to select him and how high he can fly. Right. Again, if, if Preston, all you have to do is give Preston a shot, right? You give him a shot and he's going to impress. And right now with SI.com, Sports Illustrated, as of yesterday, put him in a mock draft at 38 to the Bulls. And the Bulls have that pick from the Pelicans. Uh, but what do you, do you think the Bulls would be a good landing spot for Preston? Uh, where, 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 what team would you like to see him land on in a perfect world? I, in a perfect world, since I'm not an NBA person, I don't. I think Lakers, since it's a well-known name, like an historic name, would be kind of cool. Also, Detroit. And in a perfect world, if he goes up to Detroit Pistons, because he started when he went to South Florida. Oh, Central Florida as a student very first enrolled before in summertime so he's taking summer classes like CC Plus uh-huh. before he came to Ohio. He was doing he was reading the blogs of the Pistons and he was a contributor at like age 16 so and he grew up with following the Pistons so in a perfect world it would be Detroit but I think he would go I actually think he's going if he doesn't go to the Lakers He's probably go to like some like Charlotte, like North Carolina area team, or the Bull or Bulls. You never know. Right. I mean, I think the Bulls would be a nice, nice little landing spot. Uh, you know, and, and wherever he gets drafted, right, wherever he goes, I think it's going to be a, a good spot for Preston because just of the way that he works. I mean, his worth ethic is, uh, you know, second to none. He put in the work. He's gotten better and better and better. And I always got himself in a good opportunity to where, you know, people are talking about him maybe late first round. You know, he's not going to be a high draft pick. Um, you know, probably not, you know, top 15, top 20. You know, once you get to 20, 25, then maybe Preston's name gets thrown around in there. Uh, but I'd, I'd, I'd hope to see him somewhere high second round, uh, late, late first rounds. And that's where I think that Preston will probably get drafted. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll follow his career as far as he goes in the NBA because uh, it's been a special story. He's been a special player. He's, he's been one of the all-time talents that Ohio has put out onto the basketball court. And it's, uh, it, it's been fun to watch him, you know, perform, watch him play uh, right here in Athens. And now we're going to watch him on a national stage wherever he gets drafted. And, of course, that starts Thursday uh, with the NBA draft. Will it be the Bulls? Will it be the Lakers? We'll have to wait and find out. Anything else before I let you go, Trevor? 
Nope. I think that's good. And I know pretty soon we'll be talking about uh, Athens Bulldog football as we're getting closer and closer to the football season as that starts their first game August 20th. So we're less than a month it's away. Early season. Early season. The OSSA moved up the start week for the football season by one week due to the expanded playoff. So everything is in early season. They can start practice this week due to they can start helmet practice practice with only this week. And, of course, you're home for all of Athens athletics, Bulldog football, basketball, and baseball. We've got Athens all the way throughout this expanded football season and uh, hopefully follow Athens all the way throughout the postseason as well, no matter how far they go. But, Trevor, always a pleasure, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, all right? Yep. Once again, that's at, uh, Athens' own Trevor Stevens breaking us down and uh you know who knows what college athletics will look like who knows what you know will happen where will preston go we don't know we got to wait to find out and uh, it, it should be exciting uh when we do and could be a little bit uh, nerve-wracking too i mean i i'm always a proponent for the group of five right i like i like the little guys and uh giving them a shot yeah to knock off the top teams i mean i grew up a, a met fan and a jet fan Right, I mean, those are two two franchises that have not had a whole lot of success. You know, I could have easily went with the Yankees, maybe. I mean, if you were with the Reds, uh, now the Reds are a little bit of an underdog. I mean, the Reds now are trying to battle back and, and trying to find some success, which they really haven't had since maybe the 90s. Obviously, with the big red machine back in the day, they had a lot of success. Uh, but now they're trying to fight their way back. you, you got to root for the little guy, right? And I, I don't think I'd like to see... Small college versus big college, right? I, I, I think that, you know, if you're a Division One team, you deserve a shot at the national title. should not matter how much money your athletic department brings in. It should not matter, you know, how many five-star athletes you're able to recruit. You know, anybody can beat anybody on any given day. But I'd, I'd just like to see the smaller schools get that opportunity that the Power Five gets, right? And with the, the Super Conference, and the one thing with, uh, you know, that article on ESPN, you know, the SEC, you know, they could go 30 teams. They could go 60 teams. And I'll have to I'll tweet out that article uh, so you guys know what, I'm, what, what we're talking about with, uh, with ESPN and and the SEC, but if they do expand and go to that super conference, you know, it's going to change the face of, of college athletics. SEC and uh, NCAA sports will run through the SEC. But where does that leave teams like Ohio State? Right, Because I don't know if they would join the SEC. I mean, I think the Big Ten is in a good position. Financially, they are... Uh, pretty close to the SEC. I don't think anybody really is, um, you know, football is, is, is the main thing with, with the SEC, and that's what the, what drives, uh, you know, that conference. Basketball drives, you know, the Big Ten a little bit. Uh, obviously, football with Penn State, uh, Ohio State. But what happens to teams that get left out of that super conference, right? I think the Big Ten is going to be fine. They might look to add. They could get Iowa State. They could get, you know, the Jayhawks, Kansas. But I don't know. I, I just, and maybe it's because you know, I, I went to a group of, of five school, right? Maybe it's because I went to a mid-American conference school. But I want Ohio University to get a shot at the national title. Now, should they have that good of a year? In football, I'm not saying you know last year's team should be given you know a, a two and one team deserves a shot at the national title. I'm not saying that, right? I mean you have to go undefeated, you have to prove yourself against upper levels of competition. But I like that the door, no matter how small it is, is still cracked open for the smaller schools. It's still there, and then it gets you know the door opens even wider whenever the CFP is able to expand. Because once you get the college football playoffs up to 12 teams, 
it's almost a guarantee that a group of five school is going to get that shot for the national title. That's what I'm, again, I, I like to, to root for the little guy. I like to root for the guys that, you know, maybe you don't hear too much from. Now, everybody knows about Alabama. Everybody knows about, you know, Ohio State. Now, give, give the Bobcats a, a, a fighting shot. All right, so if they split the two, and there's a, a big conference and a, and a small college conference, I, I don't know how I, how'd I feel about that. Because, again, you got to give them a shot. Right? I mean, that, that's the thing that I always say when, when the college football playoff comes around and a team like Cincinnati is left out of the CFP, even though they had a, a very deserving season last year. Cincinnati should have been given a shot last year. But who knows? You know, that the, the uh, CFP could look a lot different in the future. Conferences can look a lot different next year. Because, again, if, if you know, I, I highly doubt the Big 12, and I know yesterday we were talking about it and how quick and how, uh, you know, fast things can move if Texas and Oklahoma wanted to go to the SEC, right? I mean, they have that grant of rights agreement up until 2025, and people are saying that they could void that agreement and join the SEC potentially as, as early as next year. So at least now there's a little bit of a timetable to where things can cool down a little bit. You can assess the situation. Big 12 can, can do some deep thinking. I got to look inward. Because, again, when 75% of your revenue is going to go out to the SEC, that conference is going to be in trouble. And the other thing that, that the ESPN article touched on with that, I don't know if it was ESPN or uh, found the stats somewhere, but with 75 going out, you know what happens now with the American Athletic Conference? Because these Big 12 teams, if they're losing the majority of their revenue that they're getting because of being in the Big 12. Do they join the American Athletic Conference? Do they join the AAC? Do teams from the AAC go to the Big 12? Do you see Cincinnati moving to the Big 12? That's only if the Big 12 stays stable. But you can make the argument that the AAC is in a better position right now than the Big 12, and it could be financially beneficial for those Big 12 members to defect to maybe a, a conference like the AAC or obviously, you know, about four teams you can project would go to you know, either the Big 10 or the, uh, the SEC, Iowa State, and uh, you know, Kansas. But now we, we play the waiting game. Now we see what happens within the next week, next couple of days, but Texas and Oklahoma sent a letter to the SEC requesting an invitation to join the SEC, and what it seems like is that they will get that invitation, and it's just a matter of when, not a matter of if anymore. Now it's a matter of when this happens, 2022, 23. But we'll see. We will see when this happens, and of course we'll stay on it uh, for whenever it does happen. We'll step aside for a break. On the other side, Cincinnati Reds fall to the Chicago Cubs last night. It was a walk-off for Javier Baez, and just not a game that Cincinnati can afford to lose, especially with the thin playoff hopes that they are dearly holding on to. Because if you lose these next couple of games against a division rival, you could not only see yourselves lower in the division, but you can see yourselves out of the playoffs, out of the playoff picture. Can't lose to a team that's waving the white flag. Not like that last night. You can lose to them, but you can't, you can't lose to them like the Reds lost 6-5 to five last night, especially when you had the lead. Just a brutal, brutal loss for the Reds' season. We'll talk about it, and of course... Riding solo today all the way up until 7 o'clock, so give me a call at 740-592-6646. Be a part of the sports fan. We'll be right back. 
This is the Sports Fan, presented by JK Contracting on 970 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. My daughter Brinley is here at St. Jude. Coming here was literally life or death and it was so scary. But St. Jude is fighting for one goal, like this one mission, life. And that gave us hope. We haven't received a single bill from St. Jude, so I really can just focus on what's best for Ridley. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. You good? Anything you want to talk about? Here if you need me. Just want to check in. Appreciate you. Everyone feels less than okay sometimes. They may not want your advice but they may welcome your ear. Be present is a simple but powerful way to be there for others, especially now when many are separated. Help teens and young adults find their power, conquer the difficult times, and get to a better tomorrow. Be present, Ohio. Sponsored by the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and aired in cooperation with the OAB and this station. Hi, I'm Kim, and this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's really not it's the Kim, the Kim and Ruth Show. It's really... <laughs> I don't know. Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics in all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Streaming online, 970WATH.com. Bills the mic up until 7 o'clock today. Reds with a very, very brutal loss yesterday. Right, Their bullpen fell apart yet again. I don't think I need to mention it really at all. I mean, listen, that, that bullpen, it's been spotty at best. Santian, he does his job. He pitches it an inning in two-thirds. Strikes out three, gives up only one hit. Not bad. There we go from Wade Miley. And Miley did not have his best start of the year. I mean, he gave up seven hits, three runs, five walks. And the walks are the issue. Had two strikeouts, gave up a home run. But he kept them in the game. Right? It's not a quality start. He had to battle his way through it. But Wade Miley, you know, again, was not his best but he at least pitched to a point to where he can keep the Reds in the game in a position to where they could potentially win it. Reds scored one in the second, third, fourth, two in the fifth to get up to five runs. And then what makes this such a uh, brutal loss is because the way that, that the bullpen fell apart at the end. They give up the one run in the bottom of the seventh, one run in the eighth, and then the winning run in the ninth. Right? I mean, you just didn't have a clean inning really after that. Right? Brock comes in, still holds the lead. Right, he, he gets kind of the job done. Gives up the one hit, the run, the walk, and the strikeout. So then you get to Osage. Osage gives up the two hits and the run. The walk and, and of course, the run coming on the home run. And then Hembry comes in, gives up the run. And there was Garrett on the mound. I mean, Garrett gives up that walk-up hit, walk-off hit to, uh, to Javier Baez. And I don't know if you saw the way that Baez was running up the first baseline. I mean, Baez was eating that all up. And I know Garrett is a, a kind of a polarizing athlete, right? I mean, he fights the, the Pirates, right? If he's on your team and he's fighting for you, you like him. 
Well, you know, maybe he, he's rubbed the guys a little bit the wrong way on the Cubs. I mean, you could tell that that Baez just did not care for uh, Amir Garrett, and he was loving the fact that he had that walk-off hit to end the game yesterday. Hembry got into trouble. Had the two walks. But then Garrett just could not shut the door and keep the game where it was. And as much as, you know, I'd like to blame Amir Garrett on it, yeah, I can't. I mean, the, the bullpen just did not do their job again yesterday. And we'll talk about it again and again and again. And I don't think the Reds are going to do anything come Friday. I don't think the Reds are going to find a way to find some relief help. I don't. You take a look at the standings because now, you know, as you're more than halfway through. The Reds over the last 10 games are 3-7. and seven. You know, this is a time where they really have to be putting the pedal to the metal and trying to get closer and closer, unless you're just going to fall off. You're going to fall away. Milwaukee's up to a seven-game lead on Cincinnati, who's still holding tight at two. Now, they're still second in the NL Central. Then you got the Cardinals at 500, the Cubs with a chance to go 500 tonight at 50 and 51, and then the Pirates are down at the bottom of the division. Pirates are uh, they're 38 and 61. That speaks for itself. But right now, Reds have to figure out something quick. This is the turning point of their season against the Cubs. They can extend their lead. They can grow, try to get higher and higher above 500 and stay within striking distance of the wild card or the, the uh, Milwaukee Brewers at the top. Or they're going to go the other way. But either way that they, they go, Cincinnati has to make their choice come Friday. Because on Friday, 4 o'clock rolls around, that's a trade deadline right there. And you don't want to be caught in the middle of, you know, I don't want to say uncertainty, but you don't want to be in limbo when trying to figure out the direction of your franchise. Because if you're not going to go for it this year, I understand that you're, you know, the next team up. You're behind San Diego by six games in the wild card. I add three and a half to six, nine and a half back from the wild card lead on the Dodgers. But right now, you know, you got to figure out, are you in or are you out? And if you're out, you got to get this team better for next year. And that starts with probably trading Miley, probably trading away an outfielder or two, and maybe, even maybe, just seeing if you can get somebody to get the contract of Eugenio Suarez. Right? I don't think anybody's going to bite on the Suarez contract just because of the way that he's been hitting this year. I mean, Suarez, one for five yesterday, he's batting 172. On base plus slugging of 613. Seven guys left on base. Again, if he's not hitting the home run, he's not doing anything productive. And Suarez is still batting kind of in the middle of that lineup. He's still batting fifth just because of the power potential that he has. And again, the main issue has been, you know, the pitching staff. Starters have been inconsistent lately. The bullpen has been, you know, more or less horrendous throughout the full season. But you also got to take a look at a couple individual guys. You're not complaining about Winker. You love what the, the production that you've gotten out of Jonathan India. Right? Joey Votto's had somewhat of a resurgence. He hit the big three-run home run yesterday. Or he hit the, uh, you know, home run. Three RBIs on the day. But it's, it's again, trying to figure it out. It's hard, but, I mean, you, you got to decide, and we'll know which way the Reds are going to go. Cubs have already waved the white flag. Cubs have said, we're going to listen to talks on Chris Bryant. We're going to be listening to talks on anybody on the team. Kimbrell, Baez. If there's a, an MLB team interested in these guys, they're going to be listening to them. Right, they already traded away Jack Peterson. That was the first "quote unquote" big trade of the uh, of the season this year. Now let's see what the what, what the Reds do. 
Are they going to be sellers or are they going to be buyers? And they really have to justify it if they want to be buyers at this point. And, you know, I'm the positive guy. I mean, Joey brings me back down. But at this point in the season, that decision on what, what, what you want to do is coming up quick. And 3-7 and seven over the last 10 games is not a good look. And I think this is a fun team. It's a team that can hit. It's a team you can get behind. You can rally behind them and, and, and go out to Great American Ballpark and enjoy the game. It's a fun team to root for. It's a fun team to be around, but they're just not winning enough baseball games. They're above 500. But you can't root for that pitching staff right now, starters and bullpen included. All you're counting on are your hitters. And the hitters just couldn't out-hit the Cubs. Cubs came back. They broke through that bullpen last night. But you, know, you got to make that determination. Are you going for it or are you not? And again, Cincinnati's 51 and 49, 5'10 winning percentage, six back on the wild card. Seven back on the Milwaukee Brewers. And here's the other interesting thing that came into the fold earlier today. But Milwaukee Brewers outfielder Christian Yelich has tested positive for the coronavirus and is showing mild symptoms. Brewers president of baseball operations David Stern says Yelich and utility man Jace Peterson have been placed on the COVID-19 injured list. Yelich has been vaccinated against the virus. Stern said Peterson went on the list due to contact tracing and hadn't tested positive. Stern said Yelich will miss at least 10 days from the date of his positive test and that Peterson will miss at least says even days, according to the Associated Press. Uh, but they'll, I'm going to guess he's going to miss at least three days, two days. Uh, Brewers activated outfield Lorenzo Cain from the injured list and called up Pablo Reyes from AAA Nashville. So now with, with Yelich, who's got 22 home runs on the season, he's, he's uh, not 22 home runs, but with Yelich, one of the best hitters in the lineup for Milwaukee, He's out. I mean, you have a, an opportunity. And what's really propelled the Brewers have been their pitching staff, right? With the good pitching, they just do enough hitting to get the job done. But it's up to the Reds' front office. If they think they can make a move, if they think they can get better, obviously I'd like to see them get better. But, the, it, again, it's Friday. Friday's that time where you, you figure out, is it yay or nay? They're going to go for it, or they're just going to ride the wave. I think the worst thing Cincinnati can do is just stay stationary. they got to make some kind of trade to get better or to get better for next year. But we'll see. We will see what Cincinnati decides to do. Vladimir Gutierrez makes another start. He was called up from AAA not too long ago, of course, with a couple of injuries. It was a short stay uh, in the minor leagues for Vladimir Gutierrez. He is 4-3 and three with a 4.97 ERA. Got battered around by the New York Mets last time out. That was a 15-11 game last time that Gutierrez uh, towed the rubber as a starter. On the other mound, on the other side, Adbert Alole, 4-10 with a 4.58 ERA. But it's a Reds at 51 and 49 against the Cubs 50 and 51. 805 first pitch, 735 for pregame right here on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. We'll step aside for another break. On the other side, Cincinnati Bengals started their workouts. They're getting closer to the season. And uh, no limitations for Joe Burrow. He's even got the admiration of Mike Brown as Mike Brown exudes confidence in not only Burrow, but also his head coach and Zach Taylor. We'll be right back. It's the Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting at 970 97.1 FM, WATH. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Are you struggling to pay out of pocket Medicare costs? 
Your deductibles, co-payments, and prescription medication can really add up. Buckeye Hills Regional Council can help you navigate confusing sign-ups and help you save money. Medicare savings programs such as extra help or low-income subsidy are available. Call 1-800-331-2644 for free over-the-phone assistance with enrollment. No waiting, no travel, just one phone call. That's 1-800-331-2644. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Nine seventy ninety seven point one FM WATH Muslim Mike up until seven o'clock. CBS News takes over from there, and then of course right back to normal programming right here on WATH Classic Hits. So Mike Brown, not too long ago, and this was a uh, an article released on Bengals.com. Uh, so obviously it's going to be in favor of Cincinnati. And listen, he's very uh, complimentary of. Zach Taylor. He's very complimentary of Joe Burrow, and he says not only a comparison between a couple of good quarterbacks, and he's not saying that ability-wise. He he prefaces it, and he says you know, Joe is not at the point where you know, he's, he's being talked about like the uh, quarterback down in Tampa Bay, and Tom Brady is not being talked about uh, like Drew Brees over with New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans. But uh, just with the way that the competitiveness the fire, the intensity that Joe has, that's what Mike Brown is, is, is talking about. And he likens you know, his attitude, his actions, his work ethic to some of the, the all-time great quarterbacks in Drew Brees and Tom Brady. And, it, it, again, it's a high compliment, right? And I don't think it surprises anybody down here in Southeast Ohio because you all know what Joe has done. You all know, you know the kind of work ethic that he has and that he's, the time that he's put in to play football, to get better as a quarterback, and to exceed expectations no matter where he goes, right? I mean, he had to even leave Ohio State to really get the recognition that he deserved to start in a Power 5 school, to start and lead a team into the top 25 and not only, uh, you know, succeed at it, but, but be one of the best teams in, uh, in NCAA history in football, one of the best you know, performances that you've, you've really ever seen out of a college down at LSU. But now he's got that opportunity here in the NFL. It seems like his recovery was all good. There will not be any limitations on him as he goes through these workouts that have just started. And because of that, you know, it's shaping up to be a pretty exciting season. Now, you know, it's second year for, for Joe in this offensive system, Fried Zach Taylor. Taylor, you know, former uh, Nebraska quarterback. You know, this, this team has an opportunity to do a lot on offense. Uh, but you also have to take a look at the flip side and really see, you know, who they're going against. And, of course, with Pittsburgh and, you know, Zach Taylor has never beaten the Ravens. Yeah, I'm sure Joey is, is smiling about that. But Joey... Uh, Madure. Of course, not Joe. I mean, Joe wants to beat the Ravens. But you know, it, it, there's still a couple of, of expectations. There's still a couple of hurdles that you have to climb over uh, to really have this, this team be a, a good, successful uh, year. And we've got a caller on the sports fan. Caller, you are live. I just wondered about Joe. You folks probably weren't here when he played high school ball. Uh, I unfortunately, uh, I, I was never able to see him play at Athens, but you know, obviously what, what he's done in college, I, I was able to yeah. watch. Well, anyway, when we played high school ball, that last year or two, maybe the last two years, I can't remember now, it's been too long ago, 
they never played most of the games. They just started the second or the second half, and then they were out for the rest of the game. Otherwise, our scores would probably been 120 <laughs> over something or other. Yeah. I see one time I remember that they we made three touchdowns in two minutes. <laughs> now, can you believe that? I mean, that this, it doesn't surprise me. Now, he did. I mean, <laughs> I mean, his record in high school. I mean, the whole team's record in high school. And not only that, I don't think people realize he threw to. I think it was, it was either five or six boys. I mean, it wasn't just one or two boys. You know. Right. You had the two Lormans. You had the two Lormans and uh, oh, the little black boy and uh, oh. Oh, the one started with S. It's just been too many years, seven years ago, you know, really. Is. But, um, I mean, I got a book here that tells about a lot of it, see. But really, I went to all the home games and some of the away games. I was 97 yesterday, so you see, I was old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, still, uh, you still remember everything, and, and that's always... Uh... Oh, yeah, he's good. And then, even for my birthday yesterday, I got a, got a thing you put in the yard for Cincinnati, and then I... A cup that uh, I have a friend that I guess he got the cup and he had Joey sign it for me even. Nice. Nice. So, I mean, we have so many good members of our teams here. They were wonderful. The team that I remember beat us, their uh, line weighed about, I think it was 1,600 pounds or something like that. <laughs> there was like 350, 400 pounds, four people on the line like that, and we were probably... Maybe close to 200, maybe not, and some hundreds over. So, right. But, but the games were, were terrific, really. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's special to see what Joe has been able to do. You know, outside of you know high school. I mean, not everybody gets to uh, you know play in the NFL. Not everybody gets to succeed the way that he has, and well, uh, it's it's all that work that he's put in. Well, I just was so upset that, that uh, Columbus didn't, uh, OSU didn't let him play when he was up there. Should have. Sure. I mean, we could see it a, a, a totally different story. I mean, he was good. And why he didn't even get a chance to play. <clears throat> right. Because they said, I mean, now I've just done things people told me, you know, I didn't want him there. Like in spring practice, he did better than the, the other quarterback. But still, he didn't get a play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're running over on time right here. We always appreciate the phone call. And, uh, you know, let's go Bengals, right? Oh, yes. I hope we don't get hurt this year, too. Right. Now, happy bladed birthday. Thank you. Well, again, always appreciate the phone call. We're out of time right here on The Sportsman. We joined CBS News at the World News Roundup in progress. Thanks for listening into The Sportsman presented by JK Contracting. This is Connor Mills signing off, and we'll talk with you tomorrow.